What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And Kate. And we are back with another episode. Thank you guys for checking out our last one entitled, Is Pedophilia a Mental Illness? Hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash talkitoutpodcast, instagram.com slash talkitoutpodcast, and twitter.com slash talkitoutpod. This episode was brought to you by CBD Pure. Get you some CBD and it will help you a lot. Look in our description. Click the link in our description to learn more about CBD oil and how it can help you. All right. We have two friends of the show on here to talk with us about some deep stuff. We got Kenya on the show and we got Haven on the show. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. All right. Um, I guess I said to Kenya first. So to Kenya, can you please um introduce yourself to people that may not know you and um tell people where they can find you on uh, social media, please? What's up, everybody? My name is Takenya. I am the, well, I don't even have Takenya Talks no more. Former host of Takenya Talks. Um, now turned to YouTuber. Your favorite ally, your favorite plus-size diva, and all things of that matter. Yep, I'm here. Hi. <laughs> Woo! All right, Haven? Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm Haven. I'm everyone's favorite problematic friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would say, yeah, man, I got, I, I'm all fucked up, but that's okay. I don't care. But um, yeah, ex uh, YouTuber, I guess, and my my podcast is on hiatus, so that's a thing. So yeah, I'm just doing like political shit and working with geography now. Like I'm doing my day job heavy because I'm on, I'm out of the country doing that. So that's chewing up all my time. But I am talking a lot of shit on like Twitter and Instagram. And you guys can find me there at Ides of Haven. That's I D E S of Haven on both Instagram and Twitter. All right, hit them up, follow them up, tell them that we sent ya. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. No, thanks, thanks for having, thanks for inviting. Yeah, long term, uh, long time family podcast family. We period. in the house. All right, so let's get right into the let's get right into the nitty gritty. My first question is, why are you now? atheist agnostic whatever however you identify tell us how you identify and can you kind of go through the process of how you came to that i would call myself an agnostic atheist okay. uh, i'm a big like stickler for that like some people like to like be like oh i'm agnostic i'm not an atheist to kind of like reject the pejorative that atheist is but they're asking two different questions just to get that out of the way help everybody out but yeah i'm an agnostic atheist i've been one oh my god for like almost like 15 years or some shit like a long mm -hmm. ass time like i lost my religion a, a minute ago um and i lost it probably in like the worst way that you could ever lose your religion which was like through emotion mm -hmm. um i would like i come from a very religious family i went to the christian camps and was a soldier for jesus and a lot of the mm -hmm. good stuff and then uh right oh yeah we was in it we in oh god <laughs> yeah and then um i don't know uh i came like it just i think after my grandmother passed away there was like a huge fight between my mother and her mm -hmm. siblings and one of the big things that got thrown in her face was about me being gay and how she was such a shitty mother for having a gay child wow. and yeah that kind of turned me off like you know, because it was just like them throwing damnation towards my mother for me. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's kind of shitty. And then just going through being treated, being out and being religious, it was a really screwed up time. Not a lot of mistreatment happened. So I kind of just left Christianity um, because of that and an emotional reason. Um, but I, I, I left for an emotional reason, but I stay away from religion in a rational for a rational reason i would say for logic okay if that, that makes sense well um that's what a what a great way to put it 
<laughs> so I haven't really spent time um, labeling. I don't know how I would. I don't know. I, I've, I've read things. I've read about this thing called omnism where um, you believe that there's truth in all religions, but nothing is, you know, there's no one God. <laughs> I just think that um, much like Haven, after my grandmother died, um, I just really became lost because she was the source of my religion. Um, and so, and she was also a pastor. She was very active. She raised me as well. So after she passed away, I was kind of in this place where I was allowed to kind of question because she, though mm-hmm. she was the source, um, and she was so very serious about Christianity, like just like Haven, I was at, well, I wasn't at camps. I didn't even know there was Christian camps, but oh, yeah. mm-hmm. vacation Bible school, you know, Bible study every day. It was always something for me to be at church. I didn't have a life outside of church. So for her to pass away, it, it honestly just opened up a door. So I haven't been able to actually like align myself with anything. I just know that all of what I went through never really settled with me. So I try not to judge other people in their beliefs. I just kind of like see beauty in everything. So I would love to know what I am, but I haven't found out. <laughs> oh, we should talk. Yes. Let's figure it out, guys. Like a year and a half ago. So this is all fresh for me. I was already questioning. Like I really, I knew religion didn't make sense to me because all of the answers that I know that I need answers to just did, like everything was just open. Everything was, well, you don't question God. And that right. for me, I just don't operate like that. I need hardcore answers. So yeah. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, KT, what about your story, the abridged version? <laughs> the short story. Um, Long story short, uh, I grew up in a really super-duper Christian home. I was abused for being gay, and at that point, or after that, I got into a relationship with a guy who was super-duper religious, like, to the point where he was making me, like, get onto my knees at nighttime to pray and things like that. And so then, after that, I was just like, you know what? Nah, I'm good. Like, that's cool. I, that's all right with me. And so, since I've since I was, like, 18, so close to 10 years, not quite there, but close, um, I've just identified as an atheist. So, yeah. Like, that's basically it. Like, religion was always just one of those things that was held against me in, like, a negative way and always told that I was, like, a horrible person because of who I was and what I was doing. And so because of that, I was just like, nope, you know what? I don't need anything in my life that's going to be negative like that, and I'm just going to live how I want to live, so. Yeah, I'll come to things in different ways. I mean, I was going to talk in a second. Like a part of this, like as far as I've known you or as long as I've known you, it's almost like to this point now where you're at like a question. At a crossroad. Yeah, at a crossroad. So I'm curious as to how you're how your journey's coming as well. Okay, I, I don't have a name for what I'm doing right now either. Uh, For a minute, I was just, uh, I, I call myself a Christian agnostic. I'm just kind of, it's just like I'm, I'm used to Christianity. I know what it's about. I know it back and forth, but I'm like, I really don't know if this is even a thing. Like, yeah. because... Like, everybody knows by now, I I grew up in the church. I went to a Christian school all my life. So I was pretty much indoctrinated in it. But even, like, in like towards middle school, high school, I started to peep that a lot of what they called apologetics, which was trying to, to defend mm-hmm. the faith, was not logically sound. And, uh, like, pretty much what they what they teach is... We know Jesus is real because it was in the Bible. We know that the Bible is true because it says so in the Bible. And it's like a circular argument. So even then, I was just like, okay, this this doesn't make sense. And now that I've grown up and learning more, you start learning about the inconsistencies and you figure out that everybody's just cherry picking everything. So at this point, I'm I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. 
I just, I just literally don't know. So I'm just an I don't knower as of now. But we'll see yeah, where I'll be next year. You know, that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't know is a is a good place to start. I think you know what's interesting about it is that what I notice is this is a a, a blind side for the atheist quote unquote free thinker community because I've been in that community for a very long time. And what I've noticed is that there is no outreach to people of color or LGBT people, you know, like marginalized groups. For the most part, the atheist community is very much a white male community and their perspective, their feelings towards religion. Yeah. And their hubris is all over the atheist discussion, which is a detriment because there are a lot of people of color and LGBT people, non-cis heterosexual white men who are out there who are questioning their faith and, you know, or want to be atheists or feel like they're leaning more towards that, that don't have anybody that looks like them that can talk to them, which is really fucked up. Yeah, that's one thing that kind of turned me off. Because, you know, there'd be, you know, the thinking atheist. Was that, no, the angry atheist? Like, people mm-hmm. like that, you see him on YouTube and some other, like, white guys, and it's like, they slick racist, and it's like, whatever yeah. y'all talking about, I really ain't, I ain't got time, because you can't relate yeah. to me at all. I'm sorry. If you guys want suggestions, I, you know, have them. I'll and, and, it. I need it. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> and trust me, this is a lot of trial by error, because I, I followed Angry Atheists, I followed Thunderfoot, I followed a lot of those guys um in the earth like mid-2000s and everything when it was when they were just talking about losing your faith yeah um i was big on sam harris and christopher hitchens richard dawkins and all of them like when i tell you i was in it i was in it Mm -hmm. and then i started to see that they are (laughs) anti-woman and they're very much misogynist and they're very much racist and when it comes to Israel and Palestine, like Sam Harris is a Zionist basically. So like oh, there's Lord. like, they just go, to, it just goes to prove that just because you're an atheist doesn't mean that you like it's a monolith or it doesn't mean. Right. So if you want something that's strictly about atheism and the like discussions and logical fallacies, there's a guy, he's a white dude, but he's cool. His name is Matt Delahanty. He's mm-hmm. a host on this really amazing show called um, Atheist Experience. Okay. And I was, I've been an atheist, I was an atheist for about like eight years before I found that show. It's on YouTube. So, and it's, there's several queer people that are on, um, eight that host Atheist Experience. The hosts rotate. Okay. Um, gay men, lesbians, or black people that are on it. It's, they try to be inclusive and they, Talk, they don't not only do they talk about atheism but they invite believers onto the show to have a discussion and mm. yes and it's very it can be very funny it can be very heated but one thing that i really appreciated about finding atheist experience was that it was a doorway out of the i guess gamergate like yeah, yeah atheist groups mm-hmm. why okay. do you think that because according to the polls america is getting less religious mm-hmm. why do you think this is okay well i can only speak based on my experience in my corner of the world that i occupy um i really just think that a lot of what we were taught um is, is outdated and i think for me it it was a problem because it was so geared to upholding and excusing bad male behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we are, like, the more we're coming into this information age where we have access to more than just holding on to God's unchanging hand, um, I feel like we are able to understand that everything is not just under the, like, there's not this person up here, you know, with the Muppet string saying, well, this happened because this happened. So I think it's it's the information age. Nobody, all that we've learned is kind of just like outdated bullshit, to be honest, in my humble opinion. So I think that's what's happening. People are learning. <laughs> what do you think, Katie? Oh, um, I think that 
I think part of that is like a fear tactic, uh, that question. I feel like a lot of times the only people who are spewing those type of things are like really crazy Christian people or even just like Fox News that just say things like, oh, well, you know, we're becoming less Christian in this world and we're going to be out here and before you know it, the pedophiles are going to have some type of something and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just feel like that's some type of like slippery slope argument that people put out there. But yes. also, I do believe that in a sense, yeah, that is kind of true, but not really, because there are a lot of people, at least in, in my world and like a lot of people that I've talked to that are kind of like in the same boat as you, Gabby, and you to Kenya. A lot of people are kind of like up in the arms as to whether they are a Christian or whether they're agnostic, whether they're an atheist, they don't really know. So I think that eventually we're going to get to a point where it's not going to be as Christian, but I don't think that that's really something that, you know, people should truly be worried about at this point. There's a million things in the world to be worried about, and that's what you're worried about. I wouldn't say it was something to, I mean, to the conservatives it would be a a worrying thing, but I mean, um, I, or, okay, I guess I'll get my thing and then Haven can go. I think it's, (laughs) I think it's because, like, Takenya said, the information age, like, now you can look up, you can look up and research anything. Yes. I found some some atheist videos. I didn't even know they were like atheist videos. And they were just, you know, talking about Bible and its inconsistencies or whatever. You can find out anything. And also you get to talk to a wide variety of people. Like if I was just in my little community, there's no atheists, like outwardly atheists. I would have nobody to talk to about yes. this type of stuff. But now you get to you get to talk to somebody and it takes away the the mystique of it because a lot of times, especially in the South, we're taught that atheists for some reason are devil worshippers even though they don't believe in God. They're devil worshippers and they're evil and they have no moral compass. But then it's like, okay, I talked to this atheist person. They're actually really great. They care about the environment, but not like you. People in the world. Yeah, and it's like, (laughs) so when you see certain things, especially when things are that you've been taught have been disproven, and you you find out that it's been lies or misconceptions or whatever, it kind of opens up your eyes and allows you to be more open to thinking about other things at least for me when i saw atheists weren't evil people i was like oh okay what else are they lying to me about what else have they told me that's not true the liberals they're not trying to kill all the babies apparently like it it opened you yeah so yeah (laughs) what about you haven what do you think uh well i would say um for one, that there needs to be a distinction made between quote unquote people becoming less religious and people becoming atheists, because those are two different things. So we are seeing a decline of people wanting to claim a denomination of Christianity or any religion, but mostly um, I think that's because Christianity in itself has had very public um situations happen that have become a blow mm-hmm. to their reputation you know when I, I think a major blow was you know all the catholic priest stories that were coming out you know yeah. people starting to you know when what is that cash flow dollar or jethro dollar whatever that guy that Ruffalo evangelical <laughs> yeah when he's sitting there talking about oh I, I needed to buy a brand new jet and people are struggling like that in itself is um, unsavory for believers because you're sitting there and you're like, y'all are re- like, you are supposed to be men of God or people of God and people hold that in a high regard. And when you ruin that trust, you ruin the foundation that people have in their faith. And I think that now that people are really starting to see that, that's where people are like, well, I'm not. I'm not Christian. I'm not claiming in any denomination. But what I see is what people are doing now is saying that they're spiritual. Um, also, in, you, when you mentioned people are saying that they're spiritual and not religious, I've noticed that in the Christian community, mm-hmm. because of the negative connotation that has taken place around religion, Christians are starting to say, I'm not religious. I have a relationship with God. And oh, it's kind of like, yep. I'm playing. <laughs> 
So I wanted to add that, like, I feel like in the in the community where people are undoing religion, they're saying that I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. But in the Christian religious community, people are trying to get away from the word religion. And they're saying, like, it's not about religion, it's a relationship with God. Okay, so I just want to throw that. There is, like, a small rise of people who are becoming atheists. And to talk to that point, I think that that's because there are more public atheists around like one of the one of the things that made me comfortable was coming across Richard like as abrasive as Christopher Hitchens was he was you know my first debate that I saw him in was against Al Sharpton and that blew my mind the the way that he was arguing and the points that he was making was like oh shit like he's an asshole but yeah like this man is making a lot of points you know like seeing you know um the you know, Bill Maher is also an asshole, but he had a, sh- a movie called Religious, and that came up with a lot of points. Um, movies like, or show, like YouTube shows like Zeitgeist, all of this was happening where there was kind of this new revamped enlightenment, quote unquote, like secular era that happened in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. And now you have more atheists that are public and not just like in small circles. A a lot of people know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is. Mm -hmm. That man is an atheist, you know, like a lot of people are willing to be out there and talk about their atheism and not just in a a way of refuting a religion, but also pointing out their point of view. That growth is largely in the white community Mm -hmm. because we don't have people of color to be out and about being like, yeah, I'm like, I don't, and like, and, and not in a, not to be an asshole, but you know, a lot of the black people who are in the atheist community are kind of Oreos, you know, like they're, you know, <laughs> they look, they sound and they talk and they move like the token black friend. So it's hard for other black people to connect with that. But when you have someone who's like, just as, you know, down to earth and like hitting the lingo and all this other shit, you know, when we have more of that, I think we'll see more people of color wanting to be okay with accepting that label. Okay. So, to Kenya, do you think, okay, we can talk about that, um, the lack of representation in the, the black community of atheists. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is, could that be a classes issue? Like, is atheism... I mean, anybody oh. could be an atheist, but does it take a certain level of, I don't know. Why, why do you think that there are not more, just, we'll just talk black, black I atheists like out there. You, I like that you said classism because I, I, I could see how it could be. Um, I, but I think that could be a part of it. What I've noticed within like my, cause I'm, I'm obsessed with the black community. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, like in, in Detroit, there are over 500 churches on one street. We call it um, Church Street, but I forgot the name of it because I ain't been 500? Street. 500. One street. Oh, my God. Um, we call it the Quinder. I think it's the Quinder. I forgot. I'm sorry. Somewhere over there by Joy Road. But it's 500 churches. Majority of them are shut down, but there's 500 churches. And it's, it's one of the poorest areas in Michigan. Mm. And um, I think that, that that definitely is a part of it. I think it also has to do with just like the lack of. So I guess that is classism because not only in those areas, is it's not a lot of money, but it's not a lot of access to, to education. We right. don't have know representations like heaven haven was saying like there there's nobody you know in in the black communities talking about anything outside of jesus like that's absolutely Mm -hmm. not even seen nor heard and if it is it's always demonized and like that's white people stuff like it's, it's it's minimized to something that's like they know that the people in that area won't think outside of their, you know, box that much. And I hate to say it because I don't want to say that everybody in the hood is like that or everybody in impoverished areas are like that. But I have to be honest in saying that that's what, like, that's what the majority thinks. And usually the group think the yeah. majority rules and nobody thinks outside of that. And if it is done, it's done underhandedly. And those people don't think that they should come out and talk about it because it is condemned. So yeah, like so yeah, I do agree that it's classism, but it's, it's much more that I haven't really researched, so I don't have words for. <laughs> right. 
That's but yeah, you're right. Just like in Memphis, I mean, and I guess in every big black metropolitan area, there's a lot of churches. Like in Memphis, poor poverty. Like majority of the folks in Memphis are in poverty, and there's a church literally in Memphis oh, every corner. Yeah, and I'm like, and yeah. it, it, like how many churches do you need? Literally one church, next church, next church. Yeah, why can't y'all come together? And drug and liquor stores in between. Right. <laughs> but, clear. Right. But it's interesting when we when you talk about the lack of education, or even when it is education there, um, not teaching the right skills. So yeah. critical thinking, looking mm-hmm. at a piece of text and and thinking logically about it, and coming up with your own opinion about it. A lot of times in schools, it's just regurgitation. And so if you're brought up in that environment where somebody tells you information, you remember it and you regurgitate it and there's no thinking like, what do you think about this? Do you think this is true? What then is is if you never learned it, how you going to get it? So also also remember that even I remember when I was in school and I was the person that was like, but what about and everybody was like, you just trying to be different. You just trying to you. Like mm. that shit makes you want to stop talking and just get just go along to get along. Right. Yep. So yeah. yeah. And then with religion too, like it's like we said in the episode with, with Mike from Faith Uncut, like for a lot of people, especially if you're already in hard times and living in poverty, religion and that might be the only piece of hope that's keeping you sane. Yes. Um from just your lack of power and everything. So it becomes a big fixture in your life. And for some people, just the thought of Christianity not being real, God not being there to help them, and they're not being somebody to listen to your prayers, they don't want to go down that path because it might it might make some people go unhinged because then it's like, okay, now what am I supposed to do now? There's nobody out there to help me, you know? Yeah. But I think also we can't underestimate the cultural aspect of it. Like as as far as black people, they are way more religious than white people, hands down. Period. Like you think they, so? there is yes, there is an attachment, and, and I don't know about that. Even even yes, even yeah. even <laughs> in the south, even in the south, black people have a stronger attachment culturally to their religion than white people it is due like it's in our it's in our sayings it's in our joking it's in our colloquialism this, like this, yeah. you know like oh won't he do it like even i say that shit you know what i'm saying like right. I, don't, <laughs> I don't even believe there is a he and i'll be like will he do it you know like it's it's inbred in us and i think that there is a very specific and strong attachment that black people have to religion to the point where you don't you can't even question you can't oh, be like no, never I, question. You know, yeah like i went to a black church when i was home but my my christian camp was a white church mm-hmm. and the white the christian camp you could question like that was one of the things that was only encouraged when i was with the white people mm. was you know like there is a there is scripture that says that you know, when there is something that's asked of your faith or about your faith, it is your duty as a Christian to answer those questions. So the the white church would encourage you to have questions and, and debate and all this other stuff. You couldn't go too far, but you could at least have a talk. I never got that in a black church, like even on Sunday school, like that just did not happen. This is you're going to learn these lines. You're going to write these scriptures and these verses, and that's it. Don't ask anything. Yeah. And if you do, you know, you're going to get beat. Like, so I think culturally, Black people are just, you don't get, um, you don't even get the opportunity to question because no. it's shut down. And not even in church. Like, I, I, I like listening to the, the podcast, um, the read mm-hmm. and every now and like it's as a black atheist it's it gets uncomfortable sometimes because you know those though there are two christians yes. on that podcast and they will talk about how let me not do that before i get struck by yeah like 
Yeah. And they, they shut down the conversation before it ever happens, almost instinctually, just as naturally as yep. breathing air. And yeah, so it's like, okay, well, it's, I, I mean, like I was able to get to my, or I was able to become an atheist a lot of the times because I was already alternative mm. to my community. Like I was a rocker. I was a goth. I hung around with Wiccans. Like I was a weird, I was the weird token black kid. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, nobody was fucking with me. So nobody wanted to even stop me from asking questions because I was never really around anybody who would. And mm -hmm. I think that that helps, you know, that helps a lot. A lot of black people don't have that access. So, um, we'll, we'll talk about that. What, so let's talk about that tweet because we okay we can talk about how you know educationally we're not taught to to reason or to think critically about it but let's talk about our family life like was there Ooh, ever child. any encouragement of <laughs> what a shame. was there ever any encouragement of having discussions about the bible if there were what was the extent or the limit that it would go to before you being disrespectful Whoever wants to go. KT, you ain't said nothing. Let KT go. And then we'll... <laughs> were, were there any discussions about the Bible? The only discussion was, like, as far... My mom is one of those people who pick and poke, uh, you know, into the Bible as to say what she wants to go with. Of course, with her, um, going to church was one of the things that she was not, you know, required to do. So it was never, I was never like in the actual church, like something that she would make me go and do, but it was kind of like ingrained to me to go there anyway. So um, with that being said, though, there were times where, you know, she would, even though she was picking and poking, like for her, she couldn't go to church for her. It was okay for her not to wear makeup or her to wear makeup. It was okay for her to do this. It was okay for her to have sex outside of marriage. It was okay for that. But then as soon as I came out to her, now granted I came out to her about like 14 times because she never accepted it, but I, as soon as I came out to her, I remember like one of the first times I came out, there was this instance where um, she, her and my stepdad at the time had taken me into their bedroom and had a, a, a really in-depth conversation about God with me. And then at that point, they laid me down on their bed and, like, started putting water over me and saying, let the demons oh. out, let the demons out, Girl. let this out, and get the God out, or God come into her and breathe into her and get the demons and blah, blah, blah. At this time, I was only, like, 13 or 14, maybe younger, so, like, it was really traumatic. So, as far as home life goes, there was no questioning God at all. Uh, there was multiple times that she had told me, you cannot ride the fence of God. You can either be with God or you, or you not going to be with God. That was it. Like, it was, it was, there was nothing that I could say. Either I was with them or I wasn't. I mean, I'm going to hell. Like, that was, and so for most of my life, I've just, I'm just going to hell. I've always been the, the demon child, the even, the evil one. So, yeah. To Kenya, was, was that type of conversation allowed? Um, it, for me, it was, I had a grandma who like, because my grandma raised me, um, she knew that she had to, she, by the time she was old enough, when she was raising me, she was like 60 years old. Mm -hmm. So she knew that raising me was going to be different than how she raised her kids before where they were raised like strict Southern Baptists. They came from uh, Mrs. Mummy, Alabama to Michigan, but she still carried that same strict Southern Baptist, mm -hmm. um, type of household but with me she knew that she had to be a little different so she would let me question it to an extent there were things that and I think that now that I'm looking back um it wasn't that I couldn't question God it was that she didn't have an answer and so instead of giving me an answer she ruled in fear mm. so um 
she would go, I would go so far as to, I, I didn't understand why slavery happened to Black people. And this is why I knew I was so passionate about the Black community. And I knew that, like, if God was this God, how come, you know, why didn't he save us? Like, what about us? Right. And that yeah, why does he have an instruction manual on how to make a slave? Exactly. And and that's where it stopped. That's where the, where the, the questions, I could question up until she didn't have the answer. Oh, so okay. I, I remember getting yelled at for questioning God and, and, and saying everything happens for a reason. And, and she was like, you don't, you don't question God's word, but anything, anything that she had the answer to that made sense to her, I was able to, to ask questions about. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um well that's 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 better than a lot of people. That that alone is is better. But but you you said she was a minister. Yeah, uh, she was a but she also like my grandma, she always you know how Christians, people who find God later on, she was always that person that says that she had a life before Christianity. Yeah. You know, she was she she lived in Detroit. So you know she wasn't you know, she had a couple lips, you know, she was real good. Uh-huh. And <laughs> she turned her life around and so she she tried to like, she was one of the cooler pastors in the church, one of the people that everybody could relate to because of her past and everything that she had been through and yeah. stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah, that was her thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, all right. So, for me, like Haven talked about, there is a difference kind of the, I noticed as well, like the white community of Christians, even evangelicals, which are super duper conservative, they do, they do allow a little bit more discussion. Like I said, their answers usually are not, don't make sense. And, you know, they're really just doing it as to like, what's the non-vogal word? Not self self-serve themselves <laughs> like just to, you know just kind of be pompous and be like yeah we got the answers but their answers aren't really anything but we were allowed to have discussions and stuff in bible class and stuff like that in my church there were none and in my my family life when I started to get into high school that's when I started to think about more things and I started to ask questions and when I got to college, that's when I really started to ask questions. And that's when it became like, yeah. So I would ask a question and eventually it'll get to the point of, I remember my mom even saying like, you probably shouldn't have even gone to college because now your mind has been all corrupted and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, you, you probably should have just stayed here or something like that. And I was like, Wow. Because I didn't, I didn't understand. Like we had got to the point, my mom was saying, like the devil can control the weather, and I was like, where is that anywhere in the Bible? Like even in the Bible stuff, just me asking questions like that was getting a little too much for her. And now it's to the point where if I ask something, it's going to turn into a three-hour discussion, and some people their minds are so made up that the conversation would be futile you're just wasting your time so as far as family life goes I don't even I don't even bring it up because I don't have time to have those discussions and it's not even a discussion no more I'm just sitting down and listening to a sermon so yeah yeah, we don't we don't do that anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you know another thing another place where we weren't allowed to question God um was with sexuality because oh yeah I, 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 now I identify as somebody, I'm just attracted to masculinity, doesn't matter the gender. Um, right, right. Well, uh, new to this, not true to this yet. Like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like, um, I, I just remember, and that's why I really feel like me being an ally as a kid really started because I didn't understand like how I was raised by my grandmother, you know, my dad and my mom didn't get married. So me knowing the rules, like you're supposed to marry the person you have a baby with, knowing that, you know, like you're not supposed to be out here drinking alcohol. You're not supposed to be out, be out here doing all this other stuff. The only time that the rules apply was when my cousins would like dress, female cousins would dress masculine or mm. my cousin, my, I remember when my female cousin joined the basketball team and my grandma was like, you around them heathens and they gone da, da, da. and I used to be like, why are you so pressed about her being on a basketball team and changing her sexuality if right. she wants to be lesbian, let her. Right. And that got me in so much trouble because it, then my grandma was like, well, are you lesbian? So I think that 
not only was it her, like, not having the information... So that goes back to she wasn't aware, she didn't know how sexuality worked, she didn't know how gender worked. So every time there was a place where she felt like she didn't understand, she lashed out in fear. And so that's when religion... Religion was used as a fear tactic, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Hey. Yeah. Um, I think (laughs) family-wise, back in the day, I think my mother allowed me to educate, like, my mother's big on books and education and reading. So, like, I didn't get summer vacation. I got school 2.0 of, we're taking, you got, you go into the library this Saturday, you're going to get five books for Monday through Friday, and I want a book report at the end of the day, every day. Like, that, that was my mother. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why I'm an egghead. It's just because she made me. So I used to read a lot of books about mythology and all that stuff. I never questioned it. We never really had to have the conversation. Um, And it really wasn't until, again, I guess sexuality is a really great door to leave your religion because Mm -hmm. it's something like, it's one of them pulls, man, where you're just like, look, I really, for me, it was like, I really love having sex with women and I'm not going to stop. Right, right. I'm not. (laughs) It's amazing. I had given it up, so I don't know what everybody's problem is. I, I, I distinctly remember me and my mother walking home one night. I was like 16, and I was like, look, if God doesn't like me just because I'm loving somebody, then I don't want to fuck with that God. And that was the last time that she really had a, like in-depth conversation with me about religion. Wow. But as as I've gotten older and as she's gotten older, um, it's become clear that she was more heartbroken over me coming out quote unquote as an atheist than me coming out as gay mm-hmm. and when I came out as gay she was like totally fine she saw it coming like I've been gay since birth like it was mm-hmm. no surprise but the the atheist thing really fucked with her and to the point where like there was a time I was in I was in the navy and I'm already like you know I'm doing my thing I'm growing and paying my bills and one day my mother asked me to stop talking about atheist things on Facebook for her birthday. That's what she wanted for a birthday present. Mm-hmm. And I right. Yeah. So, and my mother, she's a Latino lady. She likes to be very, very dramatic about shit. So <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything is going to end up being, well, what if I die? I could die. Da, da, da. And all I asked for is my birthday and all this other shit. And I told her, I was like, look, dude, like, this is my Facebook page. What I can do for you is I can block you from seeing it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to stop being me because you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And nobody and especially- asks Christians to stop talking about their God. That's, oh, the thing no, that's-, no, yeah. and that's what I pointed out to her. I'm like, look, I don't, I do not talk to you about religion at all. I, I have, a, I'm a firm believer in the principle of, I'm not going to prophetize my atheism to you, hey. but I will. Once you bring shit to me, guaranteed you're going to regret it because I have no problem. I have no problems. You better tell me. I'm going to let you hit me first, my dude, and then we're going to go off, and then you're going to be like, fuck, how do I get away from her? She's making it's going to be uncomfortable. I have a, a feeling about that. Like, I mean, for, for me, at least, this is my only my opinion in regards to, well, even though you don't believe in God, I'm still going to pray for you. Like, here's the thing. Here is my thing about that. It's Go offensive. On. It's almost <laughs> offensive to say that to me. It's almost like, well, I love you and I care about you, but I don't love your sin. And it's it's almost like just putting you in this little box. Like, can you just not love me for me and just say something that would apply to me as a way to uh, provide me some type of, like, 
support. Yeah. Can you not just come to me yeah. and say, hey, I have you in my thoughts and I'm thinking about you and I know you're you're going through the rough and I know you're going through this. Can you not just come to me as a human being and say that? Instead, you have to put it in this box that, well, I know you don't believe about this, but I'm going to pray for you. Like, just for it's me, though. It's passive aggressive. Yeah. Like, can you not just come to me like that? Says, I understand that they're doing it in some sense that because that's how they extend their condolences but i still don't think it's right like that's just again that's just my opinion everyone has oh, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's lazy yeah, it's, it's, it's super lazy, lazy. Right. we talked about that i mean it's lazy just to say i'm gonna pray for you okay you don't spend two minutes to say my name and then that's it um yeah. but yeah that's <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you okay so all right we black uh, except for KT, and we've grown up in religious communities, and that some of our family is still religious. Do you think at this point, because we know people always say, you know, in the 60s, the black church was the cornerstone. Um, do you think in 2019, the the black church does more good than harm, more harm than good, or it's just a neg- a neutral type deal what do y'all think i'll go because i i want to speak on behalf of like um as a cis hetero person i think it's my responsibility to say that i know other cis hetero people would say that they don't feel like the church is harmful but they don't see that the church does not support the lgbt community at all whatsoever in the slightest Mm -hmm. and i mean that from like being a part, being an ally, and then also knowing people who are in the church and who defend, like, oh, well, yes, they do. Or, like, it's like the the church has not been vocal. They have not been there. So I would say, um, from a standpoint, in, in terms of all Black lives and all people, hell no, the church is not helpful. They're very um, choosy. It's it's underhanded. It's underhanded uh, misogyny, underhanded homophobia, transphobia, all of those things. So I, I would have to say, in my humble opinion, the church needs to be canceled until they figure that shit out. I would say that the black church, as a whole, is a detriment to the black community. Mainly, and this is and this is something like the old like old Christian me, buried deep down, really gets mad about. And I was always mad about it is the fact that the black like black churches suck up so much money out of black communities and they never put it back in like you don't give to the schools they don't give to nothing Mm -hmm. shit yet exactly like one of uh oh god dang tc curry was my pastor in miami florida he's big now and his building his church is the nicest building Mm -hmm. in the area where there's a shit ton of homeless people. Yep. And he has a night, like, to me, even when I was a believer, it was like, look, dude, like, Jesus is very clear about what it looks like, like, how hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of heaven. Like, he, that, that's, that's laid out. And I, it doesn't understand, it doesn't compute to me that we have this nice-ass building, but we don't have any homeless shelters. Right. Mm. Or, like, we have this nice ass building. Y'all will have a soup kitchen that's every weekend, but you won't provide a home for people to stay in. You know, like. And then these are the people of- that, like, they would say, um, well, at least the evangelical, my my peers, they'll be like, the government ain't supposed to take care of the poor and needy. God told the church to do that when they're trying to talk about, oh, people on welfare and I don't want my taxes. But it's like, okay, what are you doing? For these people, like, okay, once a month you do, like you say, a soup kitchen. Uh, twice a year you do something like a medical clinic. Okay, but it, y'all are getting thousands upon thousands of dollars a week. It's a humongous church. And this is the most you can provide for people. Like, there, there's no, it's like it's no return on investment. There's someone into it hoping that God is going to bless them and not thinking about where can this money go to actually help folks? It's it's really selfish, sure. this modern day. It's a business. One thing I've noticed, and I always give props to the Mormons, which I rarely do because the motherfuckers are weird, but yeah. <laughs> in Salt Lake City, they've basically eradicated homelessness because they, drumroll please, 
gave homes for homeless people. Wow. So it's like when when Bible thumpers and Christians want to walk the walk and talk the talk, they do help. Like I, I don't want to diminish like, yeah, churches on a micro scale and in different situations, they do help the community that they're within. But in general, like, and this is even, you can even see the schism between Catholic churches. Like, Jesuit Catholicism in Latin America is very hands-on. Like, them, them priests, them niggas was like, when the government was trying to murder people, they, the priests were the ones that were fighting the government to protect citizens. Like, so... Because I wanted to ask something about the homelessness stuff. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like um, not only like I feel like um, homelessness is a big thing, but I feel like even in the church, they don't. I don't remember them talking to us and telling us why we were having soup kitchens once a month. Like it was almost just like, well, God said it, so we're gonna do it. Nobody ever talked about the poverty in the in the city. Nobody mm-hmm. ever talked about that. To me, it was always about what it looks like or what's expected of the church. It was never because of like we're trying to eradicate homelessness in the city of Detroit because it is hard out here and it gets really fucking cold. That's not what they talked about. You know, they just say, we need y'all at the church this Saturday to volunteer for blah, 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 blah. That's it. Yes, it was yeah, never yeah. to take home. Yep. Nothing to take home. Yep. That's that's the way they view a lot of things. Like, it's it's always because, because God told us to do it. Or the thing I hate is when they're talking about, you know, leading people to Christ. It's like, make sure you're always positive and you always have a smile on your face and you being a good, yes. a good uh, ambassador for the Lord so that people can ask what's different about you. But if you have yeah. to chat, you have to consciously change yourself. That's not really you. And you're selling the false image. So people will go to you and be like, what's wrong? I mean, what's different about you? And you'll be like, it's the Lord. But really, it's you making a conscious effort to not be a a-hole. And, but when they, when they see the real you, that's when they're like, all churches are full of hypocrites and stuff like that. Because you put on this outward image to bring people in. And then they come in and they're like, oh, y- y'all really don't act like that. This was just... A marketing ploy. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, but that's not even how the the again. This is this is old old Christian haven. But that's not even how you're supposed to act as a Christian. That's not what's called upon you. Like I, I, my mother always says that I, even though I'm not a Christian anymore, I act very Christ-like a lot of the times, Mm. and a lot of that is because like you know Christ hung out with fucking thieves and hookers and shit. Like this dude wasn't. He's he, you know. Even though I don't think that he existed, that person did not have a mythology that was of, um, like classism or but like being like the the white savior of somebody. Like a lot of Christianity and churches do, where it's like, oh, well, we're just gonna bestow this this help upon you. It's like, no, like I'm gonna get in the dirt. And I'm going to get dirty with you. Here is, here's, here's my last question for you guys. This is all I got. Do you guys think, like, after all that we've said about Christianity and being an atheist and things like that, do you think it's harder to be a Christian or is it harder to be an atheist? I think it's, I, I find it easier to be, I, well, I'm not, I'm neither, not a Christian or I don't know what the hell I am. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to this question. I do know that my family knows that I'm very vocal and I'm very um, boisterous and I own who I am. So it hasn't been hard for me to kind of just be who I am. I don't know. I don't know. I would love to hear you guys' answer. What do you think, KT? Were you a Christian at first? That day that I was a Christian. Now we're going to go into some ASMR. No, um, (laughs) I think... I think it is, uh, I think it's easier for me as a person, um, you know, being myself, obviously. So as far as being a Christian versus an atheist, um, hmm, I think it was, I think it was harder to go down my belief system, to understand my belief system, to um, have the answers to the questions that I had whenever I was a Christian. So yeah, I think it was it was harder as a Christian in that sense. 
I think it's for me. It's it, it's easier to be a Christian culturally, socially. Um, you know, it's because it, you're not causing any waves. Everybody's a Christian down here, supposedly. Um, it's easier in the fact that you have a belief system. You can just fall back on. You ain't got to think much. Everything's laid out for you. So, you know, it's it's Ooh, just it's just talent. easier to fall back and oh. just be like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but God's got it. I can pray on it. He's got it under control. It's all a part of his plan. You know, you pray, you go to church, you're okay. But now you have to do a whole lot more thinking. You got to think about just logically, okay, why are we here? You got to think about, okay, how do I need to govern my life now that I don't believe in certain things? What do I, you know, it's 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 a lot more thinking and it, it takes a little bit more effort. Um, so it would be easier to be a Christian in that aspect, but of course it wouldn't be easier being a Christian, being out. Um, so because when I was deep in that, there was this, a uh, battle between okay what am I going to do can I be who I am and still claim to be a Christian how do I do that so there was that as well but overall just socially it's easier to be a Christian Christianity is still the number one religion in America if you say something about God you're not really going to get booed anywhere if you say something about being an atheist down here they probably going to run after you with some pitchforks or something like that so <laughs> Christianity is easier um, I would agree. And I would agree in a sense of just throughout, like, um, <laughs> it's harder to date, especially if you like dating women of color as an atheist. Oh. I, I can, uh. I can attest to that. That is, it's, it's always an issue that comes up every time and never, there's never a time that it doesn't. Yeah. either if if not from the person that you're dating their family because you know they're going to wonder why you're not going to church and shit um it's hard to do at workspaces because everybody that you work with chances are is going to be unless you're working in a science field they're going to be religious and people will <laughs> talk people will talk to you automatically like you just like it's a done deal it's a bomb fact that you're a Christian, because obviously everybody is. Um, it's, it's difficult even in a political sense, because whether people want to admit to it or not, there is a religious test that happens if you wanted to go into office. Like yeah. there are, I think there's like 10, 15 states where it's illegal for me, an atheist, to run for office. Like what? I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it's, that there is it, it definitely is obviously easier to be a Christian in a Christian nation that is America. Um, but I would say that where it does get easier as far as atheism, and at least for me, is um accepting of others. Like when I was a Christian, I was very much um my religion is right and it's the one true religion. And it's cute that you believe what you believe, but it's wrong. So right, like right when you get your shit together, you know, and it wasn't until I started studying other religions that I really, because I don't believe in any of them, everyone has like an even playing field. And that brought a level of respect. Like I, it's, it's easy for me to respect someone who's a Buddhist or a Muslim or Hindu or Sikh or whatever the fuck, because it's like, okay, well, you're, none of you are really going to prove anything to me. Cause I know that y'all don't have anything to prove to me. Um, but I can look at your faiths and see the good things that are a part of it. Like, you know, there are wonderful teachings in Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam that I really enjoyed learning that I probably would have never learned if I stayed in Christianity. Like if I would have never known about the pillars of Islam or the fact or the difference between the history of Christianity wanting people to be illiterate and the history of Islam wanting everybody to be literate because they like it, it informs so much about these two different groups of people. And I think that is a great trade-off. That's another thing. Like people just be doing so Christian Christians a lot of times they just do stuff just so I want I wanna make God happy. I wanna serve the Lord. I wanna just, be able to for him to say well done. 
Okay, why don't you just right? do it because it's the right thing to do? God woke me up this morning. No, he didn't. Your breath did you. You wake up. That's your, the way your body works. Like just, God Thank got my Lord child for... through school. No, he didn't. She did all that work on her own. Like you. I know. You know my biggest pet peeve is to hear when, like, I remember my cousin had surgery and they said, God, you know, he brought you out of surgery. I said, I said, so fuck the doctors, right? Right. They just don't. <laughs> I mean. Pretty much. Right. Like, just, just leave her doctors. on the table and the Lord will do it. Like, <laughs> like all this goddamn education and doctors don't mean nothing. But okay, sure. Thank you guys for coming on the show. We had a wonderful time with y'all ladies. We'll have to do a part two, guys. Hit us up on social media if you would like to hear a part two on Facebook, facebook.com slash talk it out podcast, Instagram.com slash talk it out podcast, and Twitter.com slash talk it out underscore pod. Can you ladies please tell everybody where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at underscore to Kenya and that's T-A-K-E-N-Y-A-H. You can also find me on Instagram, which is just my first name, T-A-K-E-N-Y-A-H. And currently um, on YouTube, which is my first name, Takenya, T-A-K-E-N-Y-A-H. And that's it. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and you guys can find me uh, saying all kinds of crazy shit on Twitter and on Instagram at Ides of Haven. That's Ides, I-D-E-S of Haven. And all that good stuff. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Follow those ladies making great content over there. KT wants me to plug her Instagram art page at KT underscore does art on Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow her and follow my music page at Gabby's Music. Uh, follow us, share it, all that good stuff. This episode was brought to you by CBD Pure. The link will be in the description box. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We love you. This has been your girl, Gabby. Okay. And this has been Talk It Out.